business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Business and People podcast. I'm your host, Walt Bayless, and today I am thrilled to have the female CEO of the year, Laurel Castleman, on our show. Laura has been published in Forbes magazine. Her company is listed in the fastest growing companies in the world. She's existing on about two hours sleep at the moment, and she is an absolute powerhouse and dynamo. She's been the winner of Stevie Awards. She's been published all over the world. And Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. My goodness, I should have you introduce me everywhere I go. I sound so much better when you talk you about can, me. You could play that at the breakfast table, right? Like as you're coming out of the out of the bedroom, you know, just making sure that everybody's aware. Well, you've had a powerhouse couple of years. I'm, I'm reading some of the things that you've done have been incredible. Uh, and so 17 years of, of driving profits and, and pushing companies and pushing businesses up. Congratulations on the female CEO of the year. Laura, how did you get to where you are? Like, what's the, what's the story of, of how you got to be in this position? Sure. So I would say a very unconventional path, which um, I think gives a lot of people hope that you're not stuck in the road that you're on. Sure. Um, I, was, I had my feet on two roads at the same time. I was traveling two very distinct paths at the same exact time. One was the professional dance career in New York City which I knew had an age limit. I knew I would eventually age out and I just wouldn't have a career. And I knew at a very young age, I believe I was 16 years old when I was certain I would never want to own or run a dance studio, Mm. but I wanted to run businesses. Um, My father ran a business. I loved hearing what was going on and eavesdropping on his business conversations when I wasn't supposed to. Um, So I was always listening and learning. And so I knew that I wanted to do both at the same time. And I eventually got to the place in my dance career that I could dance with the most prestigious dance troupe in the world, which was the Radio City Rockettes, for three months out of the year, and then step right back into my corporate America job. And usually I came back to a promotion and a raise every single year after being gone for three months. Um, And I found that if you are efficient, effective, and you do what's needed that no one else will do, people will welcome you back with open arms. And there will always be a place for you. There will always be a job. I love that. And, and on your site, which is lauracastleman.com, I know that people can download the productivity series and, and uh, start to face, face that. But I think the, uh, the message there is absolutely clear. If you're willing to put in, if you're effective, if you're driven, you, you're never going to have a problem getting hired. I mean, uh, as a yeah. business owner, as a CEO yourself, somebody who turns up on your doorstep with those kind of qualities, you know, you'll find something for them. And, and that's the reality, I think, with most people in that place, yeah? Absolutely. And it's interesting. I interview a lot, not just for myself, but other companies as well. And what I've found is that there's a distinct difference that has happened in the last 15 or so years that I didn't notice before. I'm not saying it wasn't there. I just didn't notice it personally, that you have this line of people that want to work and want to contribute and that people that simply want the title and want the money. Um, And it's, it's a very interesting thing for me to witness right now because I feel like we've got a lot of young people coming in where I, I was willing to take whatever job you would give me when I was younger. Like, yeah. I will earn my way to the next spot. When I ask for a raise or I ask for the next title, you will give it to me because I will have proven my value. I'm seeing a lot of younger people that don't, they don't want to earn it. They just want to be given the best shift, the highest pay immediately mm. without paying your dues. And there's such a beauty in paying your dues because you respect every position and everyone that's there then. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of um, you have a better understanding of what that, that work ethic takes. I, I have had that a lot from CEOs talking about the millennials coming through and, you know, and that kind of culture. How do you, um, I guess, how do you counsel somebody who's sitting in front of you with that, uh, you know, I, I, I want to be the general manager of sales, 17-year-old uh, just straight out of school. Like, how, what, what, do you, what do you say to somebody in that position in an interview to help kind of guide them on the right path? Well, you can ask a lot of questions to find out hey, do you feel like you're qualified for this job? Let me give you a scenario. What would you do? And then you can shoot back, well, okay, say you did this. Well, that, this is how that person's going to respond. Now what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, sure. you do a lot of those things to help people realize. And then you can also just cut it short because you have to ultimately decide what's best for your company. Yeah. And I tend to want other people to teach those lessons and not me. Yeah, if it's sure. someone I'm mentoring that's different, I'll, you know, but I'm very particular about who I mentor as well. Um, I recently had an intern that was 21 and she was wonderful. I mean, she wanted to work. She wanted to learn. She was eager every single day. And I love that. In fact, when, you know, she got offered a job paying her more than what I was going to be able to pay her. I was like, you should take, take it, it like, take this and go and grow. Let me write you a letter saying like how awesome you are. Fantastic. Uh, Isn't it yeah, amazing so that that work ethic, like that, that particular person, they earned the right to get a, a a referral letter from you know female CEO of the year etc. Like that that is worth more than than anything starting up. So Laura, you you sit on the board of directors of companies. You you're running uh, as the CEO yourself. You have a lot of hats that you're wearing. What what does a typical day look like for you? Well, like this, unfortunately, I look exhausted today, um, and. I have, I have nights where I don't sleep much. And that was last night was one of them. And usually because I'm thinking through everything I want to make sure I want to make sure that I motivate my team. I want to make sure that I reach out to each department to let them know. I see what you're doing. I acknowledge it. You're doing great. Or to say, Hey, this is slipping right here. Let's pick it up guys. You know, I want to make sure that I interact with everybody, but then I've also got the consumers that are reaching out to me and I need to let, let them know. I see you too. And this is an issue or this isn't. And we're so happy to have you here and constantly trying to interact with everyone and then run all my companies. Uh, I think there's very much a thing called decision fatigue. And I have definitely learned more about that in the last most recent four years of my life. And I'm getting better at drawing the line at, okay, I don't, yes, my, my users reach out on Skype, Slack, Facebook Messenger and Instagram and our support desk. I have staff in place of, you know, some of those, but when they're reaching out to me personally, I have learned that I have to glance through them and then move on at first thing in the morning. Like yeah, if it's cool. not an emergency, I have to move on and then I'll get to those things that should have really gone through the support desk. Nice. Later. So you, you, you literally, uh, I guess, pigeonholing the things that are important and, and the things that you need to move on straight away. How do you unplug? Like what's, what's your, um, right, I, okay, today's enough. I need to get out of here. Like mm-hmm. what do you do in, in that situation just to recharge and, and unplug for a little while? So I usually take a midday 30 minutes um, because I work so many hours. My average day is 17 hours mm-hmm. and that's with about five hours of sleep. I can do a 17 hour day, you know, <laughs> on little sleep, but like, that's usually about what I average going consistently. And if I need to take a 30 minute break, I'll take a 30 minute break just to let my brain rest for a minute because otherwise I'm making decisions just because I'm tired and not because I'm focused. Yes. So I know to take that step away. But then if I need to really unwind there, there's several things you do. One is my dog. I love my dog. My dog is awesome. She goes to the office with me in the morning. Nice. Um, yeah, we, we, 
we say she's our security officer. Beautiful. Um, but she's great. She's very good to just sit down and, you know, remember that some, sometimes you could just be happy and stop stressing for a minute. This is good. Um, and then I, you know, I love my family. So I love spending time with my family and I'm very fortunate. I am, I can walk out of my door and in less than a minute and a half be standing on the ocean at the beach front of the ocean. So my mornings usually start with a run there just okay. to kind of be like, this is, this is my place. This nice. is, you know, the world is good and I've got this great view. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think, um, do, does the, the day always start with an exercise of some kind? Like that run sounds amazing. Uh, is, is that kind of something that helps you focus and get ready for the day? Yes. So I love to start my mornings with a run and that's my form of exercise. But at, um, when I'm running JV zoo, I do team workouts a lot. So if you're in the office, yeah. What if I need to take that 30 minute break, I'm like, okay, who's going to work out. And I incentivize my employees to work out. So if they work out, they get rewards. Um, sometimes it's just cash. Sometimes it's a gift certificate. Sometimes they want a cool water bottle that lights up and tells them to drink more water. Okay. Um, yeah. But we kind of let them pick out what it, what's your next prize if everybody works out for the next, you know, four weeks. So keeping that health, I, I know that you've been involved in, in health clubs and that kind of thing in your past as well. Keeping that healthy employee uh, focus is, is that something that you've built uh, knowledge around knowing that it's going to help productivity and, and teamwork, et cetera? Absolutely. It helps productivity. It, it helps with the health of your employees, cuts down on insurance costs. You know, you usually save um, about $4.60 on the dollar spent for insurance for healthy employees. Um, But productivity is really the main thing because then you you step away, you get out from behind your computer and then you, you know, get the blood flowing and endorphins going. And then people are not only energized, but they have um, those endorphins that tell them they're happy going as well. So then they're more creative because they feel good and they want to produce better things. That's very cool. And it, it sounds like, uh, like from a team perspective, these are things that you've learned over time. If you had a chance to go back, let's say 15 or 20 years ago, uh, to the young Laura Castleman and, 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 and being able to, not saying you're not young now, you know what I mean, 15 to 20, now, <laughs> 15 to 20 years ago, and, and be able to, to give that person some advice. What, what, knowing what you know now, what strategy would you give to your younger self to help guide you through? Ooh, I wish I would have learned to sleep better. Um, (laughs) I think that would come in really handy right now as well, knowing how to better sleep. Um, and, and I think that I could have told myself to slow down. Like, you know, I think I was, uh, and I always am going to be, it's a bit of my personality to have a lot going on and to be going a hundred miles per hour. But sometimes I think slowing down lets you really find focus. Um, and so I think, that would have been really nice to have just a little bit more downtime in my life. Nice. Okay. Well, hopefully there's that, uh, that reward coming. Are you, are you a goal-driven person? Do you sort of do a goal-reward kind of system personally? Is it uh, yeah. something that you, you find yourself setting goals on a regular basis? Absolutely. I'm not only a goal-setting person, but I'm also a daily checklist person. I need that sense of accomplishment every single day. Um, I think back you know, 12 years ago when I was in sales and whatnot, that that you, when you're in sales, you have the constant daily win, right? And so that really fueled it. But as I climbed the ladder and moved out of sales management into different positions, you really have got that overall monthly, quarterly, all those different milestones. So I'm a big checklist. This is what I need to do today. I, I like check them off. So I feel rewards throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I added 30 more things to my list, but yeah. I actually checked them all off. <laughs> Do you use any tools for that, Laura? Is there a, a, like a, an app that you rely on or are you a pattern pen, pen type of person? Like what's your, what's your toolkit? 
So when I first started running JVZoo, I thought, gosh, I'm the CEO of a tech company. It's really lame that I carry around a notebook and um, a pen. <laughs> what I found is that putting pen to paper is more motivation for me personally. It helps me, it helps me differentiate between what I'm typing all day long because I am typing on a computer all day long. These are my clear set goals for the day mm-hmm. and checking them off is to me, it's very different. It resonates differently for me personally. I know people that have online planners. Great for them. This is what works for me. Yeah, cool. Do you do the, do you do the um, uh, journal thing as well? Like are you actually a written kind of today was this, today was that journaler? Or uh, is that kind of just, you know, swept aside in the busyness? Yeah, so I don't journal, but um, I do take notes on everything. In fact, um, you know, JVZoo attorneys love me um, <laughs> because I can tell you when anybody said something on what day and time. Um, it's in my shorthand, but I, yeah. I take notes. I know, and there's never a question for me running the company if there, you know, did we decide this or not? What what happened in this meeting? I know, and wow. usually I can kind of tell you because I'm so used to writing it down. I can tell you where in my notebook it is. Wow, but cool. I have. Yeah, I have a certain style notebook that works for me. I carry it everywhere with my pen. I've had people ask me, like, can I get you one? And I'm like, guys, like, these are mine. And if I find them, I stock up on them and they're mine forever. Sorry. If you nice. find them, go <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Laura, you've, 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 as I said, ticked off some amazing accomplishments in your life. What's the one that you're most proud of? Like, what's your, your wow, brag, mom and dad, this was me. Like, look at, look at this. What's your biggest achievement so far? Well, you know, becoming the CEO of JVZoo felt really great. Um, It felt really great because I was really working behind the scenes as I was running JVZoo. I didn't have the title, but I was running JVZoo for a long time. Brian Zimmerman had already handed over the reins to me. So, you know, it it was a long time of me being in charge that no one knew. And so when everybody did find out, I felt, and I got the official title, that felt really good. I mean, it felt really good, better than an award felt. Granted, the Inc. 5000 Awards, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. exciting too, mostly because everybody in that room is working their behinds off and they feel yeah, so like, hey, we're here for a second, but we got to go back to the grind tomorrow, you yeah. know? So it, it's the same, the atmosphere, everybody's in the same boat. Can I um, get into that just a second? That Being in that room, it, you know, at the award ceremony of the Inc. 5000, fastest growing companies, that's an incredible network. Do you find that now with the title of CEO, that you have that ability to connect uh, at, a, at a much higher level and, and have those influences coming through? Yes, definitely. And in particular, outside of the, the direct industry we're in at JVZoo, which is digital marketing, but the niche of IM, mm-hmm. um, definitely once I get out of this industry, because this is a everybody knows everybody and everybody has opinions industry, <laughs> you know, it is. And um, it definitely runs on that a lot. But outside of it, yes. Um, I feel like there's a different level of, um, I don't want to say maturity, but kind of. Um, kind of. Um, it's just, it's a different vibe all the way around. And we all know this in life that your network that is, it tells you where you're going next. It yeah. really does, where you're going to grow. And if you don't keep evolving your network, I'm not saying leave people behind by any means at all. There are people that should be left behind at times, but it's not about like, oh, I've outgrown you guys. But your network should constantly be evolving because you've got to always find someone that you strive to be like and someone that you're like, wow, look at how far I've grown, right? Yeah, so I, I think that that room is an amazing room of people that have brilliant ideas They've been through 
pretty much every phase of business that you've been through. Some of them are, you know, 10 steps ahead of you so they can give you some warning signs to pay attention to. Some of them you're like, oh my gosh, I remember we were there two years ago. Um, it's a great room to be in. And then you think about, you know, Zappos was in that room. Their wow. amazing companies have been in that room and they all still keep in touch. Wow, that's so, so cool. I, yeah, I, so I want to make sure I know everybody. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's probably that's the big one, like gathering cards as quickly as you can. So yeah. I've got two questions there, Laura. Like the first one would be, you know, as you mentioned, your network is is that growth factor. So my mm-hmm. first question would be, for someone who doesn't have the the uh, the fortune, I guess, or or hasn't achieved the statuses yet to be in the Inc. Five Thousand room and at, at that award ceremony. What advice would you give to someone as an entrepreneur to go out and increase their network? Like how would somebody who's a business owner start to increase that circle of of people around them? Sure. So events are a great way to do that. And I think that it's very important to remember that being polite Mm. is major. Um, I've seen people snub other people at events thinking that they you know, were no one. And then those two years later, those people were someone major. Being polite is so important. Get to know people, but remember your manners online too. Instead of just reaching out to someone and being like, I need this, 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 or promote this, 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 what can you give me in return? It's really, hello, how are you? Not followed by the ask. Build a relationship for days or weeks before you then say, how can we help each other? Yeah, Um, absolutely. And and know that- Human decency. Yeah. Human decency always kind of- taking over and being a human first and being a, you know, having that connection and, and doing that sort of thing. So my second question after, so that's the advice to an entrepreneur to help them build their network. My second question then is how do you maintain those relationships when you are so busy and the people that you're connecting with are so busy? Do you have a, a formal connection kind of routine or is it just, you know, a matter of an email here and there? Well, I'm going to use a term that we use in the Southeast of the United States called don't get your panties in a twist. Okay. <laughs> and oh, I we think have the it's, same one. we have the same one. here. Okay, great. So it's a little bit of, Hey, if you don't hear from someone in three months, don't get your panties in a twist. They're busy working and you know, communication is a two way street. So you want to talk to someone, don't be above pinging them to say, Hey, how are you? Is there anything going on? I can help you with. Yeah. Um, I ping people all the time when I see something that I, I worry about. I'm like, ooh. And so I'm like, hey, I saw this. What's what's your idea? What's your plan there? I'm not telling them it made me cringe at first because what do I know? They probably thought of far more than me with my two-second glance at it. Yes. So, then you know, me. take a step. Yeah, take a step back and hear what they're saying about it or why they thought this through. And if you want to, you know, play devil's advocate with them, make sure you've got that relationship already or say, hey, do you mind if I play devil's advocate? That's a lot easier and better received than this just coming at someone being like, I know your business better than you do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure that um, being in that position, you'd have... Uh, a lot of people with their their opinions and all that kind of stuff coming at you as well. I like what you said there about don't get your panties in a twist. I, I remember hearing on Tim Ferriss, we was talking about uh, reaching out to people and he said, don't put down to rudeness what can be excused for busyness. Because he was saying, you know, all these people reaching out, you know, you're wanting to connect and like 90% of those connection re- requests and, and introductions just go unanswered because people are just, it's not that they're rude. It's just like, oh my goodness, I have 7,000 things to do today and I need to prioritize as we're going forward. Do you, do you sometimes feel that, that um, people are trying to reach you? You mentioned Skype, chat, Slack, everything. Like, do you find that people are, are, are trying to, to take a piece of you all the time? 
I do. And I try really hard to let people know I'm not snubbing you. But at the same point in time, if I've got five knowledge-based articles, six videos on it, already telling you how, and my support desk and a Facebook group where there's someone always manning it, maybe messaging me isn't the best idea if you wanted a timely response. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> because there, I do are, have, there are quicker and faster ways to get an answer. Yeah, sure. Yes. And I do have an entire company I'm responsible for as opposed to being someone's personal support to say, did you want this one or these other four knowledge-based articles that tell you it's like, I do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Laura, there's, there's a lot of things about running a company, about the growth that you've been through um, that, that gets published, that gets talked about and, and that kind of stuff. What do you think people aren't talking enough about in business today? I think people aren't talking enough about how they can improve the ecosystem of their own, um, whatever industry they're in. How can you improve the ecosystem? Because when your ecosystem gets poisoned or whatnot, it affects everybody. And in our direct industry and internet marketing, we're seeing a lot of that this year. And more so finger pointing and blame tossing and doing it publicly where our consumers see it. Yeah, sure. And when consumers see that it damages the ecosystem to the point where people no longer want to purchase from what they consider to be rude, vile, childish behavior. Yeah. So I think if people look more at what can I do and you know, what are your own yard? Take care of your house, mm. your yard, make sure it's all clean and tidy and set an example is a great easy way to protect your ecosystem. I like and that because there's the saying that says uh, a rising tide lifts all ships, you know, wh- wherever you are is, is going to raise you up. And at the same time, if the, the, the ecosystem, the group or, or the level that you're in is sinking, then at the same time, so are you. So um, thinking about, you know, CEOs are concentrated on, on let's get the company better. I love that idea of then looking wider at the, at the ecosystem about the, the industry you're in and, and improving the uh, perception of that. How would you say to a CEO, you know, outside of IM, outside, in, in any industry, how would you say to a CEO to be able to contribute uh, good positive information out into that ecosystem? Well, there's all kinds of ways of communicating. And sometimes it's strictly the example that you set within your own company. Sometimes it's just that. Otherwise, we've got social media. We've got all kinds of things. We can implement things within our own corporations. But it's really what has the biggest impact And, you know, you have to look at the longevity of it. Is this short term or is this long term? And I think every executive looks at this. You know, we have fires every day in our businesses. If you're an entrepreneur or an executive, you've got fires. There's no getting around it. You need to look at it kind of the same way you do as the fires. Is this fire going to burn out on its own or do I have to put it out before it burns down the company? Yeah. Right. It's the same with looking at, is this going to be a short term fix? Or is this going to really impact long-term, but more slowly? And sometimes you've got to go with the immediate short-term. It depends on the situation. But other times it's a longer play and you ride it out. I mean, I made a decision earlier this year in my own company for a longer play. I I am here for the longevity of this industry. I'm not... I'm not here for a short money grab. That's not what our company's about. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Laura, I think um, as, as you've grown into the, the role, and, and, and again, I'm, just, I'm so grateful for your time. Really, I appreciate it. To pick up the award, you know, the, the gold female CEO of the year, are you seeing more, uh, more female executives coming through in all kinds of industries? And do you think that that's been a necessity of diversity? Or do you think that that's happened because people have finally taken the blinders off? 
I think it's a little of both. Um, I think it's more acceptable now because it's being demanded now. But there have been female executives for, you know, a long time. It, Trump had female executives in the 80s. I hate to throw the president's name out there because it's such a controversial name. But he had female executives in the 80s um, when no one else did. But, you know, we're still at this interesting time where women were, as you know, in the United States, we're still 200 years out from equal pay. That's mind-blowing to me, especially because the facts prove that when you have females on your board and you have females in your executive team, your revenue's higher. Yeah. Um, And and it's not about... I love, I love the fact that we can, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I love the fact that we can point to your scoreboard and say, you know, you've taken your company from 100 million to 500 million. Just look at the scoreboard, people. Like, that's, a, that's such an three easy. Three quarters of a billion right now. Say that three, again? Three quarters of a billion. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This is, that is an incredible milestone. We were just over, we were just at 150 um, million when I came in. Wow. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. That is absolutely huge. Laura, what do you think the next um, 10 years of your, I guess, leadership position and uh, direction is going to feel like there's going to be lots of changes, but what do you see happening over the next 10 years that, that you're starting to think about now? Well, I think we're seeing um, laws, privacy laws really come into play now. We saw GDPR roll live in Europe and that now we're seeing, um, these new payment processing things where Europe was supposed to roll them out in September. And now only certain countries in Europe are rolling them out um, as far as um, security and payment processing and the way we handle people's information. Um, I think the intent behind them at all is great. Um, the execution has not been, but that's generally what we see when government tries to do technology, right? Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Um, so I think that we're going to see more and more, um, privacy and protection of people's information coming out, which is good for all of us as consumers because we all buy online. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to see that. We're going to have to answer to those things. I think we're going to see more demands in my direct industry um, because it's just like anything. When it's new, no one knows how to police it, control it. Then you have to start putting rules on it. And then the government gets more involved. And for me, I run a company that is in every country that has internet. So we have to then look at, okay, what does Europe say about this? What does Australia say about this? What does Canada say about this? You know, and we, we're constantly, we are that network that actually is compliant in every country we do business in. We cannot say that about our competitors. Um, We can say it about one. I'm not going to tell you because I want you running there, but (laughs) (laughs) due diligence. But I think it's really important to know, are the people and the networks and the platforms you're using, can you trust them with the longevity of your business? Or are you just going to find yourself in hot water two, two years, three years down the road? It's, it's important things to ask as we find governments getting more involved in e-commerce and the businesses that we run online. So for anybody else from, a, from an entrepreneur's perspective, be careful about the people you play ball with because you, you don't want to make sure that you're getting the, the right uh, uh, reputation around you. So, Laura, I've got a 60-second challenge for you and, and just a couple more questions. Again, I want to, I want to help you finish that 17-hour day and, and hopefully get some rest. Um, my 60-second challenge goes like this. You catch up with a friend who you haven't seen for a long time. They've been an employee for the last 10, 15 years, and they finally decided to take a step out on their own. They're now an entrepreneur. They have their own business. They're trying to create something out in the world, which is amazing. They say to you, Laura, what advice could you give me as a new entrepreneur to help me on my journey in 60 seconds or less? I say, number one, be very clear on what it is that you do and why you do it. Your why is so important, but be so clear on what it is that your company is going to be about. 
lay out a plan and be willing to pivot, 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 pivot some more. Just keep the end goal intact. How many times you have to stop and start over? How many times you have to be like, I was wrong in that direction? Those things don't matter. They will never matter. The end goal is what matters. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I'm going to throw an extra question at you there. You mentioned no matter how many times you have to say I'm wrong, which we all do on a daily basis, <laughs> your biggest achievement so far, which was getting named a CEO. What's been the biggest, whoops, mistake of your career and what did you learn from it along the way? I'm like the biggest mistake of my career? Hmm, that's a good question. You don't um, have to answer it if you don't want to. But if I, I, was, I was more looking for the lesson. I would say my lesson... <laughs> I would say my biggest public thing is underestimating the people and how, how low people will go oh, things wow. people say and make up. I, I think that you get into a certain position and you have to realize that because you're there and only because you're there, people will dislike you. And I wish I could say it doesn't affect me and it never hurt me, but we're all human beings. So I think you have to have a plan. I wish I would have had a better plan in place to be like, okay, when it gets to this point, I'm going to go have a glass of wine and you know, call my friend up and just, you know, bitch or whatever. But, you know, you have to, you have to realize you're human, but then your skin does get thicker, way thicker than you'd ever expect it to. And then you just have to be like, you know, oh, okay. You said that about me too. Well, okay. I'm still over here growing a company that you're saying I'm not growing, (laughs) you know, like check the school board, keep it going. So I, exactly. I, I didn't expect that as the answer. So, uh, you know, for the, for the people that have hurt you in the past, I want to say publicly and for everybody who's listening, I'm speaking for you as well. We love you. Thank you for doing what you're doing and keep doing it. So Laura, has there been, um, uh, it, that's been a learning curve. Has there been any um, media, any books particularly that have helped you along the way? Anything that you recommend to other people on a regular basis? I'm like, I read um, three books a week. So I read a lot. And um, I wish I could tell you there's like one that, um, it's great. Ready, fire, aim is a good one. Um, I read, I've read that multiple times. Some books you keep going back to. Um, for me, I want to always, um, hire very intelligent people and, Mm -hmm. you know, consult with them. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm not going to say I don't have really bad ideas. I do, but I usually have a team that says, let's talk about that. Or, you know, then they bring me all their ideas and we can pick apart ideas and no one's upset about picking apart ideas. We're all in it to, build the best product we can. Um, and that's, that's the atmosphere I want to create and whatnot. But I think with, when you are running a business, you always have to be learning. You always have to be. And sometimes that's going to be via books. And sometimes that's just conversations. And sometimes it's keeping your mouth shut, your ears and your eyes open and knowing you're in a room of people that are just smarter and bigger than you and absorb what you can. Yeah, just let him talk. I love what Martin yeah. Luther King said. He said uh, lessons he learned on leadership from his father. Every, when he had a meeting with the tribal chiefs, they all sat in a circle and he said his father talked last. Let everybody else talk and you talk last. As the leader, that's a good thing to do. So, Laura, who's somebody, I've got two more questions for you. Um, who's somebody in your life that you look up to that you model, who you think is, is paving the way, setting the path that, that you're looking to follow as well? Ooh, I mean, you've got good old Cheryl over at Facebook, right? I mean, she's pretty brilliant. Um, <laughs> and she is. And I don't necessarily agree with the direction of their business. Um, I'm not sure that I would take it the same way. But at, listen, she's one of the smartest people out there. I, I think it doesn't matter male or female. Miss um, Emberg knows her stuff. And she is brilliant. Um, there's not much that she's put out that you can't find something to learn from. Wow. Cool. Do you ever find yourself saying, uh, what would Cheryl do? <laughs> um, sometimes I find myself saying, well, she told us 
she told us to sit at the table. She didn't tell us what was coming next. Um, you know, and I think that, I think we're in that place for females right now where it's like, you know, we've sat at the table, we've now put our value at the table. And now it's kind of like, I, I am trying to be a part of the welcoming other people in to the table because before I know that I was at that, like where, you know, there was only one seat at the table and people were wanting to throw elbows. Like there's one woman already here. You don't belong here. Right. Um, and now I'm trying to be of the, I don't care if you're male or female, I want the smartest people at my table. Nice. Um, yeah, cool. I, uh, my, my daughter actually said to me the other day, uh, I wish the president of the United States, the next president was a, uh, was a woman. And I said, I hope the next president is the right person. So yes. like, I, I love that from an equality point of view, we're starting to have the conversation that it doesn't actually matter where somebody sits. What matters is their ability to get the job done. So Laura, my last question for you. And again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I started the introduction by saying that you're running on two hours sleep. Uh, you look amazing and um, I, I really <laughs> congratulate you on the success so far. But my last question for you, what's next for you? What, what are the goals that you're setting? Where will we see your horizon coming up? I've got a lot of things coming out in the very near future. Um, I will be in London in two weeks announcing a new platform that is my own, that's going into a very different industry. Um, but that's going to be exciting. I've got those going on. Um, I am a part of several business ventures that are already happening or are all rolling out. Um, so there's a lot going on in the company. Yeah. The companies I consult with have seen major growth this year as well. So I just feel like that's, 2019, there's been a lot of good happening and a lot of building. And so I, I hope to continue that growth into 2020. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, guys, if you've enjoyed hearing from Laura, as I have, you can uh, catch up with her at laurakesselman.com. I'll put the link in our show notes as well. You can read some of the material that Laura's published on Forbes and, and uh, Startup Nation and others. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for your time. I congratulate you on the success. You're an inspiration and a leader. And uh, I wish you all the very best in the future. Can't wait to see what's coming. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. It's Walt, and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you, and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there, so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.